Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Renewed Talk. It's Elaine Janelle, and we are talking about being a child of the leader. Yeah.
keep a lookout for him you can find him on soundcloud and i believe that song is with daria it's called he can and i'll also be featuring lawrence teller's music on tonight as well a young man out of richmond virginia this episode of a new talk is specifically about being a child of a leader how much better to get wisdom than gold to get insight rather than silver that comes from proverbs 16 16 and that's my theme verse for this topic because we get a little bit of insight about what it's like to be a pastor's kid i myself i'm not a pastor's child i am a preacher's grandchild and i know many other people who have grown up in a church our testimonies may not be the same because we don't get to see how ministry works from the other side so I wanted to talk with some people who do, who get to see the forefront of their parents who give their lives to ministry. My parents do give their lives to ministry, but they are not pastors, so they do not have to deal with the aspect of being there every time the church door is open. But there are some people that do. And for these children, uh, who are now adults, Latavia Teller, Mr. Kenneth Taylor, and Mr. Lawrence Taylor, I had them come on the show and they spoke with me and answered some questions about, you know, what is it like to be the child of a leader? How did it feel? Um, what things did you enjoy? What things did you not enjoy? Did it make you question? Did it make you question who God was, or even your relationship with God? Did you make you turn away from God? These are all things that we're going to talk about tonight. So I want you to keep it locked here. We got more music coming your way, and we have a great conversation. And just to let you know, this episode is an episode that also features the, a conference that um, Kenneth Taylor has started called PK Conference out of Richmond, Virginia. And this was the first year that he had the conference. So look out for more to come. I, trust me, trust me. I'm sure you're going to enjoy the conversation. It's a little funny. We do kiki a lot. But it's good information and it's good insight on things that we can learn and grow and know what to do better in the future. Keep it locked right here with New Talk. It's Elaine now.
So that means you'll never force your hand So I relinquish to you, yeah On the right to my life On the right to my life Give you authority Give you authority To share me right Oh, oh, oh For me, for me, for me For me, for me, for me Lord, push me Push me, push me, push me Push me, push me, Lord, push me And I need you to drop me, drop me, drop me, Jesus Drop me, Jesus of the Taylor family here with us tonight. There are five of them. <laughs> we have two. <laughs> and so we're going to work with what we have. And if any other ones join us, we're going to welcome them as they come in. <clears throat> um, but our topic tonight came about because Mr. Uh, Minister, uh, you first hear uh, Mr. Kenneth Taylor is in the process of um, planning and preparing for this weekend. We get conference here in Richmond, Virginia. And Fountain of Deliverance, and uh, Sammy is in charge of that conference. And so that's what brought up this topic. But we're not going to just sit here and talk about the conference, because if you're really interested in being a part of the conference, the PK conference, you can join us in Richmond starting this Thursday. 
Um, and we'll come back with the rest of the commercial information. So first, I'd just like my guests to introduce themselves. And then we're going to pick it up from there. And if you're just joining us, my name is Elaine Janelle. And I am the host and creator of A New Talk. So I'm going to start with ladies first. Mm-hmm. My friend to my left will introduce herself. And we'll go from there. Hey, everybody. I am Latavia Marie. Of course, Taylor is my last name, but I just go by Latavia Marie. And I'm the first of the five. My name is Kenneth Taylor, (laughs) and I am the youngest of the five. So tell us a little bit more about yourselves. Um, So those who are fans of Renew Talk will know that Miss Latavia Taylor has actually been a part of Renew Talk before about two, three years ago now. Um, so, I would like both of them to tell a little bit more about themselves, and then we're going to go into the interview. What you want to know about that? I'll go first. Um, <laughs> okay. Like what? Oh, I'm 25. Um, I have four wonderful, um, young ones. Um, Kingston, Carter, Caden, and Kennedy. And, um, I serve as the youth pastor at my home church, which is Fountain of Deliverance, but my father is the pastor there, and I think that's all you need to know. All right. Okay. Um, (laughs) I am currently serving as the executive administrator of church leadership and auxiliary affairs at my home church, and I think it's important to serve at home, Um, so that's what I do, and I just graduated from college. Woo! (laughs) <laughs> master's degree in Christian education so I think that um, that's important to plug as well I'm kind of smart a little bit <laughs> and yeah all my other personal endeavors we may get into that later alright <laughs> so as you see we have people versed in different areas the first question though I want to ask you guys I kind of want to tread back a little bit and being pastors children because some people are PKs as in their preacher's kids, and some people are PKs and then there's pastor's kids, which I, I personally believe there's a difference even there. There's a different dynamic in that. Um, so my first question was, were both of you born into being PKs? Like, was your father already a pastor when you were born? Yes. Yes. He was already since pastor down to Holy Church. Um, then I was born shortly. After. I think we were we had the church before we got married. Okay. And then yeah. So I'm a product of the after. Okay. Gotcha. And with that being said, so you came how many years later? Because I know you're the youngest of the five. She's the beginning, you're the end. Six. Like six years. Yeah. You've been passing thirty one years. I'll be thirty in June. And you're twenty five. Yeah, I don't know. I just came out. Six years later. Six years later. <laughs> so my... It's my, not six? It's not six. It's because it's, 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 it's 30, so it's going to be about four, five years later. Well, they are close to age, so yeah. Mm-hmm. We're getting calculated. <laughs> I'm not it's doing roughly, it. roughly... Yeah. I'm going to say it's four to five years. Yeah. We'll say five. Okay, so... I'm here after the... <laughs> Oh, okay, so it's 32. We're a year behind. Okay. Maybe one year won't count. I don't know. <laughs> so my question then is, with both of you being born into it, um, 
how was childhood for you? Um, do you feel like that as children you had a balance um, in your childhood with being pastor's kids? <clears throat> no. Yes. <laughs> Can you both expound on that? Yeah. It wasn't, to me, I didn't know that preacher's kids was a thing. It was just like, that's, that's I'm a young person. I'm a child. You know, I feel like I grew up pretty, pretty regular. To me, okay. it wasn't like a thing until we got older. And we realized that there were more of us. So it. Okay. it wasn't like a, it wasn't a thing. Now you said no, Sammy. Why did you feel like there wasn't a balance for you? I don't even know why she said yes for you. I'm know. older. My experience is different. Well, I guess it fell on me because they pretty much did everything. And then it just left to me, so. Okay. I was okay, always. <laughs> I was always told that we were bad, you know. And then, like, things that we did was always just, like, put out there in the forefront, you know. We couldn't do certain stuff. We couldn't dress a certain way. We couldn't go to certain places, so. It's just like sometimes I didn't want to be a preacher's kid. And your feelings of not wanting to be a preacher's kid, is that connected with the fact that you couldn't, that you were in the forefront? Yeah, because I couldn't do, you know, certain stuff. I couldn't go certain places. Um, You know, you had to act a certain way when you went to school. And when you act up in school, it's just like, oh, well, you know, his parents are pastors. And then they they judge you according to that. all that so just like sometimes I would be like I don't want to be this person anymore but in this circle okay did do you feel like you had any experiences similar to that or um there are definitely moments of of that but I feel like it wasn't enough to deter me from things that I like I always had other things that I was interested in. Like, I played tennis. I was in the band. I was in the choir. I was able to experience a whole lot of those things. So, and then I didn't, I really didn't get into a lot. I mean, I did. But it wasn't <laughs> enough to, you know, change right. my personality. It was just kind of like, you know, it was growing pains. I just counted every experience for what it was. So, you know. Yeah. So, because you talk about everybody knew they, or... Because you were children, children of a pastor, do you feel like it was magnified? Like it was a big deal? Yeah, by the time it got to me, you know, we all went to the same school. Okay, And then okay. um, Tavy left, and then it was Kiki and Steven and Lawrence. By the time it got to me, they was like, oh, Lord, one more. So it was just like, they had already put me in this box. And it was like, you know, this guy right here, we don't really know what to expect in this one. And, you know, I was really a quiet kid until I got about 16, maybe. And I just came on my shell and everybody tried to push me back in. But, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really, you know, I was already prejudged, basically. Because of, because of the sentence coming before you. Yeah. So, gotcha. So I, I have, like, another different dynamic of a question. This is a little bit off to the side. Was there ever a time, because you're coming from being... You're your pastor's children, so you're not just a preacher's children or one of the preacher's children. You're pastor's children, so you kind of help with the foundation of the church, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you, you would help with the foundation of the church? Okay. So, hmm? Because <laughs> you say, well, was it more to the question? I'm sorry. 
No, I want you can you can start right there because I'm I'm going about I'm about to make a left turn, so that's why I asked that question. Do you feel like? I think it's different when a person is is a PK and their past and their parent is ordained a pastor of a church that's already established, where you said your father started pastoring not long before he got married. Mm-hmm. Then he got married. Then he had a kid. Like it was it was like back to back. Right. And so it became like a part of all of it was his life. There was no other life, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, okay, that's why I said you feel like you're a part of the foundation of the church. Oh, because, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. absolutely. I feel like everything that he did or has done was for us, is for us. So okay. he includes us in the process. Even if we don't want to be included, He, I feel like we're considered, both, both my parents consider us. Yeah. Um, with it, they're creating something for us and for the grandchildren. So even I definitely didn't want it. Yeah, even though we're a tad bit stubborn sometimes, it's still for us. It's just like a business. They parents or people create businesses to leave something to their children and right. their parents. So I definitely feel like that's what's what's happening for us. Okay. So then, so this was my last time to the question. Since you are a children of pastor's kid, was there ever a moment where you felt like I don't. I don't need to be a part of this God thing or this church thing. So I'm asking this question because I like to always navigate the aspect that we naturally put God with church because biblically, you know, the there is God and then he in the New Testament he formatted the church. But I think the world that we live in now, people are like, Well, I'll do God but I won't do church or I won't do neither. <laughs> yeah, I always loved church, you know. Even when I was younger, um, I used to watch um, Jamal Bryant on TV. So I always loved church. I always wanted that, you know, to be in that type of, um, I guess, atmosphere, that type mm-hmm. of arena. So then I got older, and I just sometimes I'd rather go to a camp meeting. <laughs> you know, my dad used to take us to the campground. I just thought that was like the best church ever. It was outside with you know, bugs, and they had this one dog that just looked like it was always praying. I just seemed like I always liked that type of church. A praying dog? Yeah. <laughs> the dog was always, you know, involved. Yeah, you know, we get bit by mosquitoes and stuff, and they had the best chicken, but I, you know, I loved it. I was just like, I'd rather be here. So, I mean, I don't know, sometimes I'd rather just detour from church to and just do that. Yeah, just, just do yeah. that. I was wondering where he was going with that. But yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm more like the the systematic way that we do it has never been appealing to me. Okay. But it's kind of like this is what we are. It's a part of our heritage. This charismatic, Pentecostal, speaking tongues, calling for. That's just a part of who we are. So I don't discounted but it was never like a thing I'm just like oh my gosh I'm so awesome it's just I'm grateful to have been um, rooted in the faith by them so that I'm not wavered by how church is done Okay. so I definitely have a very different view on church I'm more of a I like community okay. I do the, the indoors of, of, of the church yeah, and that's- my, my, my desire Okay, I want to stop here for a minute because I think there's something to discuss. So, the reason I'm saying it is because the style of church is changing. 
Um, hey, Carter. <laughs> Hello, Tim. Hey, guys. I'm, you know what's bad, guys? I'm so sorry because I know people are like responding, saying things. People are playing. People are laughing, and I can't see it. It's so far away. It's out there somewhere, but I can't see it. So please excuse me. What I'm going to do, though, is the show. I'm going to scroll back and give out shout-outs and everything like that, you know, because I respect people that take the time out to join us. And we have a few people on YouTube as well. Those on YouTube, you can't see the people. Uh-huh. But it's good to know <laughs> that people are on here with us, and we do appreciate you. So the reason why I said the concept of church is changing because traditional church is still very much ingrained in, like, the United States of America because it was before we were here. But the concept that I'm thinking about is when you said the communal aspect, it makes me think of the fact that people just want to gather for prayer, sing a song, and you know, get a small word and go home. Like, is there is there a problem with having with seeing church in that turn, making that turn? As as you guys have grown up, even though this whole this room is under age of 35, as you guys have grown up, do you think that's a problem with seeing church take that different dynamic? That's the problem with the church taking a, a dynamic of more community involvement than than just worship. No, I feel like that's what Jesus died for <laughs> for us to, to get out there and compel others to come in to witness to the lost, the poor, the sick. I feel like that was the duty anyway, and I think that was a left turn when we just kind of closed off into this segregated group oh we're believers and we're just going to be over here but I think if we can be over here to retreat to refresh ourselves to recruit to go back out but not to just be in the inside and preaching yeah. to each other like I, I, I don't like church and church people I don't that's good I can't do it I don't want to church church people. I would rather be in the streets you know? I would rather go out if the world wasn't so crazy now it would be easy to do that to just go out and minister and talk to people I try to do it as much as I can and work Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing this from Richmond. As you see, I'm not connected on Google, um, <laughs> Google Plus, <laughs> uh, or Google Hangouts, but I am connected to Google Hangouts for YouTube. So I think that's an interesting conversation to have. I myself would like to say that I like the communal aspect, but I think that people are scared to do that. Does that make sense? Was you going in the street? Mm-hmm. I think you just said it. You just said it. Oh, yeah, because you, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, somebody might shoot you, smack you, or cuss you out. You know, just like when the um, Jehovah Witness comes to your door, you know, we slam the door in their face and tell them to go, like, you know, do all types of stuff. So, you know, it's like the same thing. You know, we get into that place now where it's not like, I guess, like it used to. I remember when we were younger, we used to go and, um, Mother Lois used to take us out. We used to talk to people, even though it was tiring when we were younger, but, you know, she didn't stop. She was a true missionary, but now you can't, it's hard, you know, it's really hard to be a missionary nowadays because everybody have their different perspective of God and church, and you know, they don't want to hear that stuff, and then church has been played over so long, and, you know, misused and abused, people don't care about they don't really take us serious. Yeah, they don't take us serious. We're not true to our conviction, so it's hard for the world to be... They take Tyler Perry serious before us. ...prone to want to listen to someone witness to you about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just take him more seriously. You know, he can get up there and screw a whole Bible story up in Scripture, and they will take that serious before you know, they actually sit into a church and listen to a preacher. 
But do you feel like that's partly because, and when you just said that it did resonate with me, do you think that's partly because after the scripture, after the joke, yeah. like there is a part of all his movies, whether people like it or not, that he's real, I'm real, he's yeah. real raw about whatever that statement or whatever yeah. point he's trying to make. Because my thing is, and, I, and I, I'm just going to sit in this for one minute, then we'll redirect back to some other questions related to PKs. But my thing is, I think that mission, being a missionary takes on a different look. It's still, it's still some of the same things like helping people with their bills. It's still bringing food to people who may need it. But I think that, I just think it needs to take on a different look. My thought about missions and being a missionary at this point is equipping people to be able to live better. Like, I understand, you know, giving them a meal and clothes and toiletries and stuff like that. Those things are good and it's tangible and it helps them for the moment. But they also need to be equipped to survive after this moment. Because if you are living in a place where you don't know where your next meal is going to come from, what can I give to you to show you how to do that going forward? Because I may not be a bit... What if it may run out for me, so how am I going to give you a meal? You know, the next time. It may be a time where I need a meal. So to me, it's all about equipping people to be able to survive in the world, um, how it is today. With the way the administration is going, we don't know what's going to become of us. Mm -hmm. So I really feel like it's all about equipping and it's your church do you feel like your church has an area where you're able to do that like I know some churches have like GED programs or cause I know people don't think like those are mission things but to me they are like even churches that and people I might get some people to get throw back at this but I really don't care um <laughs> like some churches may do things for people who have AIDS or HIV or they do things specifically for people who are uninformed like when you just said Something that actually changed your life, and does your church have anything that in Richmond that they're able to do with the? So hmm. what we've had for a long time is um, avenues to connect people to resources that have already been created, versus us trying to stretch ourselves out because it's not we're not the biggest church in the area, but we're not a small church. But if there are persons who already have something established and it's mm-hmm. consistent, and we have confidence in it, we're more so structure to refer people to the thing so they can have access to it immediately. But what we are working towards now is having certain things right there in the house. Now that we know that there are other people who are educated in certain fields, who have are certified in certain areas, um, the goal now within the next coming months and years is to have all those things in the house ready for people okay, who well, come in. Accessible to them. Yeah, and accessible. for people with needs. Mm-hmm. Not just, not the people who just want for the need. <laughs> for the need. That's good. So what do you do with the people that are concerned? Yeah, that's from why. <laughs> well, the people that just want it. I work in a church, and I'll just put this out there. Because people, people want whatever they want. They want money. They want food. They want anything that's quick. And it's funny you said that. They want anything that's quick. Access. Yeah. Clothes. They want something they can resell, too. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> that's, that's, that's just true. being honest. They want something they can resell. So part of that cuts that down is doing like applications or backgrounds. Like if you just came here for the same thing twelve months ago, you can't get it this time. Come back another twelve months and we'll see if we want to help you in that area. Because we don't want you to abuse what the need really is. Mm-hmm. That's what it really is. And that's what we do at Church Um, so I'm gonna read that right back to some of the PK questions that I have. <laughs> there is this whole, you know, the terminology out there. 
um, dad is in the world. It's not just in the church. Dad, you know, PKs for like their daddy's kids or the worst kids. How do you feel about that, hearing that as children? So first I want you to answer it from what you probably thought 10 years ago <laughs> or 20 years ago. And then how you do it now, because now you now you're yeah, now you're preaching more and now you have children. Um, so so first go back and then come forward. <laughs> you know, honestly, I I kinda was a bad child. You know. I I don't I can't even lie, you know, kinda like gonna start telling the truth more. I was really a bad child and uh, I think it was more so because I was misunderstood. So I feel like when I expressed my Hawk side, my angry side, and I turned color and stuff. I felt like people understood me more, and uh, I didn't really do all that stuff at home. You know, all of my action stuff was at school, okay. and that was where I, you know, that's where it all came out when PKs are bad. And every time I heard that PKs were bad, I think I got mad. I just, you know, I would just do more stuff. You know, like throw books and kick over the desk, <laughs> and um, I would pluck stuff at the teachers, and I'll just, you know. You know, I did all that stuff, and um, my dad would just be like, you know, my dad was on, I hope they're not watching this right now. My dad was on some, um, you know, he understood, you know, his kids were that bad. My mom was on some, I know he doing it, he acted up in school. And she would tell people at church, and then, you know, my actions wouldn't show at church because I was like, most of this shy baby at church. And I stuck under one person until I was like 14. And, um, so, I, I mean, you know, we were really bad. I mean, I would say that if the restaurant would say, we were, we were bad, you know. But I think it was more so people put us on this pedestal and put us on this this, this really, really, really high school. And, and then expect, you know, they expect us not, you know, if we tied our shoes together, our shoestrings together, you know, everybody knew about it. They didn't, you know, it was like, they didn't think we were human, like we were aliens or something. You know, so it was just, Kind of one of the things I got tired of growing up. I'm just like, yo, I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fall. I'm going to do stuff. You know, don't put me in this room all by myself and think that we're not exempt from messing up and, you know, having kids out of wedlock and smoking and drinking and partying and stuff. You know, we're doing what sometimes what we send everybody else do, but we had to learn for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm older, uh, some of that stuff, you know, I was just like, okay, God, why did I really do that? But it was a like, you know, I had to learn my lesson so now I can talk and tell my kids, you know, one of my sons, you know, he like to act out a little bit, you know. <laughs> and I say all the time, and um, I was listening to Mary Mary this morning, she was talking about stop calling your child bad. Mm-hmm. Stop saying your child is bad. You know, speak well of him, speak good of him. Right. And I was thinking about that. I always call my son Carter bad. You know, he throw little stuff, he do little stuff, he talk bad, and he don't know what he's saying. I don't know what he's saying, but I know he's talking bad. So I just be like, you know, I'd be also, I'd be like, Carter, you really bad. But, you know, now I'm going to speak well of him. And I'm just going to say, you know, you're a smart, intelligent young man. And we're going to pray that you don't have the, you know, the same anger and attitude and stuff as your father. Okay. Okay. Now, I, do, I will say, I do like that. My mother said that. My mother said, don't go to church again. I mean, I'll be saying a little more bad, man. You know, and I mean, some. Some children will think they can think this If he was, if he was here right now, you know, yeah, the house would be the opposite way. Because Carter, you know, he likes to try people. And I feel like, you know, that's me. That's what I did as a child. And I'm, I wanted attention so bad because I was the last of the five. Everybody else got attention. My brothers got attention. They played instruments. Um, you know, I don't know what else they did, but they got so much attention. So, like, as I got older, I was just like, 
you know, I'm tired of being a shadow of them and being a shadow of my dad. So I went my own. So I started doing things to, you know, make a name for myself. Every time I listen to it, it was always, here come Bishop Taylor's sign on. You know, or you look just like Taylor. You know, I wanted to create a name for myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would go back and tell me, yeah, you're something bad. And, you know, thank God that I'm delivered from that. <laughs> <laughs> and just to say, just to say, I don't think you said it bad. Because you said it's what, three, two? God is one. So he's one. <laughs> he's one. So he's not bad. He has to be redirected. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Babies at their age have to be redirected. I'm yeah, not saying not that. Bad, you know, I, I be redirected, but we're not going to have a conversation about children. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I mean, what, are, what is your take? Because I feel like, you said you were more active, like you did more things in school. So it's like, so I think if we look back 10 years and that whole statement isn't new, you know, kids all the words that bad. And my thought was, if I was that bad, why would I be here? Like, I was started working in church at 14 years old, been in the church, serving in the church ever since that moment on the usher board, on the step team, on the praise dance team, mm-hmm. singing on the choir, praising worship leader. I was serving in the kitchen. I'm doing everything. It was like, but yet I still couldn't do anything right <laughs> for the people. So I'm just like, well, I'm in here. I can see if I was not in the church or in the world or doing all the things that, you know, I had the freedom to do. So I was just still, you know, she's like this, she's like that. So I just took it for what it was. It's just like, you know, that's their opinion. Now, at 30 years old, I really don't care. <laughs> and I, I'm trying to say that in like, the best way possible, but I feel like I'm kind of mature past a person's opinion, like their opinion mm-hmm. of that I'm more than a people's kid. Right. And I think I've lived a life so too where I have a lane for myself, where my name can't hold its own name. And I think that's what my parents instilled in me to be self assured, to be established, to um, create things. For your for yourself to find your voice, right? And they embrace, even though it was probably difficult for them, but they embrace each and every one of us unique side. Like we're all very very different, but yet we're all alike. And they just they have embraced the differences about us. Mm-hmm. So it makes it even better. Whereas someone would say, oh, you know, take it like this or like that, and I'm just like, well, I know. <laughs> I'm I'm not. I'm not shocked by anything that you tell me about myself. So now it's just kind of like, okay, right. I'm still here, serve the Lord, praise Him. <laughs> but I, I can't, I can't really dwell on that one thing that you know about me. That's what you know. But if you ask me, you'll, you'll learn right. something right. completely different. And I'm about to say, now, and this is kind of why I want to have that conversation because I think people talk about behaviors, but then as an adult, it's not the same. Number one, once you know who you are. I think you do, you do like differently versus, like you said, you was tired of being people's shadows. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, so you had to, but I felt like you had to work through that. Like it wasn't something that just like, well, this is what I'm going to do different. You had to kind of work through that until you found who I was. I was I mean, identity. I was struggling with that for a Identity crisis. Yeah, not I struggled. I didn't know who, I mean, I really didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was. You know, I didn't really want to be a preacher. Um, but I, I mean, I felt like it was going to fall on somebody. I was thinking Lawrence, maybe. You know, I'm not saying that Lawrence is still not going to fall on him. 
But you know, I have to embrace it while you know it's in my hands and God's gifted me with it. But you know, there's sometimes I just be like, you know, why me? You know, I just be saying that. I sit in my room and be like, Lord, why me? You know, you can't find nobody else in the church. You know, I'm just saying like, when I see as a PK, I don't know if you're going to detail it, like all of my parents have went through um, just to, you know, stand and preach and all that stuff. There's some things I know that I can't, you know, tunnel through like they can. And, um, you know, to see my dad override and take the, you know, the, the hit and keep on going, you know, I would have, my hawk side would have came out, you know, by now, but, <laughs> but, you know, I really had to get out the shadow of always, you know, following right behind him or my brothers, um, even with playing the drums and stuff, you know. Lawrence was on the drums, and then I came on the drums, and it was just like, oh, wow, you just playing the drums because Lawrence playing the drums. But, you know, I wasn't really a fan of the drums anyway. The, the church didn't have a drummer at the time. So I got on the drums, and I didn't know how to play. You know, they used to kick me off and tell me that I was terrible and I sucked and all that stuff, but I, I, I got tired of people talking about me, so I had to perfect it. And I, you know, I did it the best way I could until I just got tired of playing the drums. And you get to a place where you you stop taking stuff personal. Yeah, we, we know we know we know now what the the duty is with serving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At first, if you go back ten years, you can go back three years ago, to be exact. When you don't understand the duty of serving, you can mix your emotions in with it and your own personal feelings but now that I understand the office of serving like that should be an office mm-hmm. I can't take personal what another person has not had the ability to perfect I can't take it personal That's because good. you you haven't matured to a certain place I can't charge you for that I'm gonna just pray that eventually you that you get it mm-hmm. um, but I just I just don't I don't take it personal I feel like if you if you if you're praying for a certain thing eventually you have to yield to it and let the Lord work that out within you. But don't put on me what, what's your problem. Because I'm, I'm good. Okay. Right, right. I'm, I'm quite comfortable in the place where, where God has placed me. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, same as you want. It's cool. I'm pretty Yeah. And yeah. I think that's actually really good to put out there because everybody has an expectation of what church should look like. Mm-hmm. Or what should be done at the church. The problem is because it's communal, mm-hmm. it will never look like what you have your expectation of the picture in your head. Because because it's communal, everybody's coming from these different backgrounds with all these different theories, and so that's the that's the patience of, of ministry. That is the patience of serving. So it makes complete sense when you say, "Now I'm secure in who I am, so I'm going to do what I feel like going to do." And if you don't grasp it, and I still deal with different times, and that's something that I really want to do in church, but you know, I I just back off. Um, I try to steal other people's ideas and say, well, you biting off of this person. There's some things that I personally want to do that I feel like will help benefit and touch this generation. Because, you know, to be honest with you, we're not really reaching this generation in the way that they should be reached, you know. We just come to church and we do the norm. It's like watching the same movie over and over and over again, you know. Sometimes the movies skip. Sometimes, you know, we fast forward or whatever. But it's just like now I just feel like there's so so much more that we can do to, you know what I'm saying, to involve God in what we do. You know, we have gotten to a place now where we have really taken God out of everything that we do in church, you know. 
it's just a lot of dancing and shouting, but no true deliverance, no um, breakthroughs. You know, we don't have testimonies and stuff anymore. Somebody saying I'm delivered from this, I overcame this. You know, it's the same thing over and over and over and over again. And I, I personally, and I, I can say this because you know, I'm wrong. I can't give it to me. I get tired of it. Mm-hmm. I get tired of the same old church as usual. And, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, I sit at home and I watch them old YouTube videos, and I be like, why can't church be like this anymore? You know, I mean, I watch videos from, like, probably before I was born. I be like, yeah, why can't, you know, the mothers be like this anymore? Why can't the deacons dress like this? Or why can't the preachers preach like this anymore? And, um, you know, the real preaching don't really get televised. You know, it's just that prophecy and, you know, if you don't have a quick word for the people, then we're not going to air you on TV. And I don't want to, as a young preacher, as a PK, I don't want to become that type of person that feel like I got to lie to the people just to get on TV. And I hate to say that because, you know, maybe some of these problems are not lying. You know, maybe they really care from God, but me, I just feel like I don't want to have to do all that, come up with a bunch of cliches just to, you know, just to become popular or become popular or get fifty likes on a video or something to get my video shared. I don't want to do it. <laughs> but that's what I was talking to um Darrell. Shout out to Darrell wherever he is. <laughs> I was talking to him about um ministry versus marketing. Like I know there are things that we all have like certain goals and things that we um want to do and we know that we have um, something or there, there's something that God has put in us for, for a group of people. We know that. If you're mm-hmm. called to something, somebody got to answer. Right. So my whole thing is like ministry versus marketing. I don't want to be so marketed that it loses the influence that it's supposed to have where it loses the effect. So a certain thing that I'd rather just do and it just never be spoken of because I know I did it with the purest intent versus marketing everything and waiting for views and not in, it's nothing against this because I feel like it's it's helping other people. But for me, it's just kind of like I'm trying to find a balance between the two. Do I want to really put myself out there in that aspect or just continue to do the work? I, well, I will say that I, I always struggle with that. And I'm going to say right to the camera because <laughs> I love many, many people who are on Facebook and Instagram and all social media. But I don't want to see every single thing that you and your ministry does. And you probably like, she's she's being a little bit mean. But my thing is just that, because I don't know what your intentions are. And it can get swallowed up. And not just for me, but for the unchurched. For the unchurched. Because I'm thinking about my coworkers at Sephora who don't do God. They don't forget church. They don't do God. <laughs> and so you have to find ways to navigate them in and when you put everything that you do for God on social media it becomes that it, we think that either God is your social media mm-hmm. or, or you know what I mean I'm just being I'm just being honest and this is why I'm saying it straight out like that um, but for you Tavy what, what I'm trying to do personally is this is one this is one part of marketing piece for me ministry wise but if People who know me know me like even when I sing, I don't even post my own videos. I let other people post it. And if I think it's too far, I'll take it down. Or if I think it's not the right thing, I won't like put it on my page. And it's like I have to I have to navigate it. Um and then the other thing is like 
I don't put all my thoughts on social media. So <laughs> I know this is the age we live in, but this is just where I am. I, I really think things through and I say, is this really necessary? Like, I have so many drafts. <laughs> because I'm just like, oh, I want to say this. This is a good thought. But it's not the right time. Hey, everything does not, hey, Dad. <laughs> everything doesn't need to be, um, everything doesn't need to be shared. And when you are doing certain things in ministry, there's a sacredness behind it. Like, I couldn't imagine Jesus going around healing people that are blind with a with a crew Snapchat. Like <laughs> I can't I cannot imagine. Like I wouldn't be able to take it seriously. I'm like, is this is this really the Jesus child talking about? I would I would think it's a good. And I think that's what people I think honestly from what you just said, Jamie, that's what some people feel <laughs> now. That's what some people feel now. now. And then and then biblically when Jesus healed people, he would tell people don't tell nobody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we went. Go tell him that it was me. Put in the plug in me so I can get another patient engagement. He didn't do that. He just kept he just continued the work until, you know, somebody took him up at the end. But he already knew what happened. So that's (laughs) that's just kind of the way I reason with it. Yeah. All right. So we were talking about serving and we were talking about ministry. Oh, ministry marketing was the last thing that Tay brought up. You were saying something kind of about the aspects of Ministry being hard because we're doing the same thing over and over again as like watching a movie over and over again. I do you think that we're unsatisfied? Are, are, are we unsatisfied to the point that we're ready to change our dynamic of, dynamic of ministry, or are we comfortable with our complaints? <laughs> Does that make sense, y'all? Y'all tell me about something. Are we unsatisfied to the point that we're ready to change our dynamic of ministry, or are we comfortable with our complaints? You know, honestly, what it, what else is there to change? You know, we have pretty much tried everything um, to make people come to church. We have tried food. We've tried giving them money, putting money under their seats. We have tried the lights, the different You put money under the seats, that mean they already did. Did? Yeah. I was about to say make. somebody did it, but it was just like, I didn't really go for the budget. You know, they don't make, I don't know who did it. I'm just being logical. I'm just but saying, you know, we've you tried everything there. to draw people. We, we pretty much pay people to come to church now. Um, just to sit there, you know, we have to. People say you have when you have a conference or you have an event coming up, you have to ask people. Um, um, would you like to sing? That's the only way they gonna come to church. Would you like to play? That's the only way they gonna come. You know, we have pretty much tried everything to putting their pictures on the screens and giving them gift bags and sitting on the front row. Okay, but I think you went a different dynamic. Oh, my no. question was, and then my question is for us, not for the people. I mean, well, for the people on live, you can answer it too. Cause we gonna, I'm going to scroll back up anyway. Um, my, my question for, was for us that are we tired to the point that we're ready to make whatever changes we feel like the ministry needs to make? Or are we still enjoying the moment complaining? Like, I'm going to give you an example. A lot of Pentecostal Episodic Churches do this. <laughs> People just ain't getting saved like they used to get saved. <laughs> I mean, it's the last, it's the last of evil day. People ain't changing. They, they not turning to God like they used to turn to God. And then you're going to say, but you ain't doing nothing different to make somebody want to turn. And then people just, they like to stay in that one <laughs> complaining zone 
And you'd be like, do you know how many churches are growing? Well, I think we're just coming with the plan. A lot of yeah. people are not going to make a, you know, they're that's not going to help. Thing. I don't think that's a church thing. I think that's, that's the culture of okay. African-American people. Mm-hmm. We're out of slavery. That was a choice, apparently. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> but I think that's just a thing. Like, we're just, we're used to saying the nay before we say thank you. Mm-hmm. We're used to pointing out the negative of something before we point out that it's positive and effective. That's just our language. Like, my, my first language is sarcasm. It just comes out. It's just rolling right off my tongue. It's just, it's, there it is. And it's the same thing sometimes with our culture. We're quick to point out the flaw of something before we see the beauty in it. I'm not in a place of complaining about anything. I feel like I've been equipped with the tools to create change where I am. Gotcha. So I'm just kind of like, if you're not on board, then, you know, we're just going to keep on moving. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just kind of the way. And I don't, mm-hmm. I feel like, like I said in the beginning, we spend too much time trying to church, church people. And we're looking for people to come in to get saved the same way they did 60 years ago. People are not coming in off the street like that, trickling in, saying, oh, what must I do to be saved? They're not coming in like that no more. The millennial epidemic is taking over how they fellowship, how they worship, it's how the it's not the same, and it's not going to go back to that because the world is evolving. We can have church right now, and somebody ain't gonna get delivered from something. We don't have to get in our car through the tornado to go to the house, to the church house to get it. That's how the world has evolved today. We don't. It's just, it's just not like it anymore. The the world has lost confidence in the church in and of itself. So they're not just trying to run in. They may say, "I need a prayer," like a young man walked in church um, Tuesday night, and he was just like, "You know, I just need prayer." We didn't come back. He got his prayer. But that's that's what that, that was it. That's that's all people really need. They just they just want to pray. They're not looking to become saints. <laughs> because the saints don't present themselves as saints. Mm-hmm. It's not a pill. It's not. It ain't a pill to me. I just <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny. But we don't we're not upholding what a saint is. What is a saint? We just keep throwing that word around, but it's just not nineteen fifty five. It's not. So all that, mm-hmm. I'm just not complaining. And the, only, the reason I, and I, I partially agree with you that it is a cultural thing because African Americans we have to complain. The reason I partially agree with you is because I'm, I'm also seeing African American churches grow, and I'm seeing some, take different dynamics in ministry, um, because maybe they, maybe they don't say church all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And people get scared and stuff like that. That's not what we grew up with. We grew up with evening service or night service, afternoon service. Maybe they don't say church like that. Maybe they, they do less singing and get directly to the work. And it, it, it holds the people who are there learning for it who may have stopped going to church or don't go to church. And there's a larger sense of community in, in different types of settings. Even in the African American church, there is more community. And not like community as we're going outside to your home with us togetherness. Mm-hmm. That churches are starting to get the hang of now. That sometimes small churches who are not keen on that market inside mm-hmm. miss. So I think that plays a part in it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I know Um, I wish I could, you know, I know some people just chimed in, but I wanted to see if anybody had questions for me. Um, 
If y'all on Facebook Live and you have any questions or anything you want to ask this, I'm going to scroll. I just got up to move my camera. Hey, Mr. Ricky. Um, if you have anything you want to chime in and say, we welcome you to do so. Thank you for joining us on tonight. <laughs> so, I, well, Sammy, you have, you, have, Sammy, you have children. You have four children. Four. Okay. So now you are now a preacher's kid. We'll, we'll say a preacher's kid. Because even though you've passed through, you're not, you don't have your own like location of a church that you have to open up every Sunday <laughs> for worship, per se. So what are your... Different from what you had to go through as a PK, what are some of your expectations or, I'll say, a preparation of grooming style or growing style for your children? Would you have different for you? Because the truth of the matter is, at the, at the let me just be honest, the truth of the matter is, at the rate you're going and the angle you're going, your children could experience some of the same things you experienced. Um... Have you thought about it? I really haven't thought about it, but I think I want to allow them to, you know, um, I don't want to say open-minded. I don't, I don't want to let too much in with them. Yeah, you know, I get what you <laughs> You know, I don't want to keep them boxed in it either. You know, I don't want to shelter them where they can't experience life, but I don't want them to go too far where I, I can't I can't reach them and grab them. But um, those are the things I learned and still learning, you know, as a PK that I'm going to, you know, teach to my kids as well. Um, I just pray that I'm very understanding, you know, even though I'm young. So that's a lot of things I can pretty much relate to with them um, growing up. So, and I think that's what I love about my parents, they were able to relate. You know, I can go to my dad and talk to him about my personal problems. And, you know, he would talk to me, you know. Sometimes, you know, I would come to him as dad and then I'd be like, you know, but I want the pastor side of it. Um, I'd be like, I would approach them differently. I want my mm-hmm. kids to be able to do that. I want them to be able to know the difference, you know, to come to me as their pastor and sometimes come to me as their father. But I'm more so geared towards come to me as your father. Not as your pastor. pastor. You know, I don't want to take being a pastor home. I want to be a father when I get home. You know, I want to be able to enjoy my kids, you know, take them to the park, take them out, play basketball, go to the mall with them, go Play, you know, go if they want to join football, be able to take off on Saturdays and go to their game. And my daughter, I, you know, I pray she like a cheerleader or something, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't want her to be playing no basketball or football. And then I want her to do um, girl stuff. Um, you know, I don't want to see her out there beating up little boys and all that stuff. But I want to take time out with her and, you know, I'm gonna be a pastor when I get to church on Sunday. That's that's what we're gonna draw the line. When I go home, I'm your father, and I'm, I'm not gonna to talk to you like that. I'm gonna be real down to earth with you. Who else is calling me? So you know, it's I'm gonna let them in. I don't know. Huh? It's the outside. We let them in. The outside. Are you here? Oh, you're saying. I'm going home. Well, I don't have any children. I don't have any children. And I don't really have any children. I just feel like this is what my path is at the moment. And part of it, part of me not having children right now is 
because of my experience as a preacher's kid. I already know that I'm going to be a minister. It may not necessarily be a preacher. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how I can be all 100% of myself to both aspects if I'm in ministry and trying to, you know, raise children or be a wife. And I want to establish a certain... There are things that I want to see happen before I do all that. So I can put 100% of myself into, into raising kids. I don't think so. I guess I can understand it because I'm the same person. they require so much and like I don't one of the things I always say to people is to and I talk to um, my siblings about a lot I can't I can't fault my parents for what they didn't know I can't be mad at them for they didn't do this for me they didn't do that for me no they did what they knew to do Mm -hmm. as as young parents and I feel like they did a great job raising us with what they had and what they knew and you know going into ministry and having children at the same time, raising us, raising the church. They had technically six babies, or if you want to go all the way into it, they had 300. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's a lot to, to raise a family, help raise other people's children, um, do outreach, do prison ministry, feed the homeless, own mm-hmm. a restaurant, have a daycare, make sure your kids go through school. Like, that's a lot. Like, even with graduating um, last week, to me, that wasn't just this is something that I accomplished. I felt like that was for them. Yeah, well. Because they sacrificed. Okay. There was a sacrifice, you know, <laughs> in place. They had to sacrifice all of themselves right. to be 100% right. for both of totally. them. So, that's I, a question. So, continue on with your question on the table. What is the reason you feel the, church, the world has lost confidence in the church? You say too much. Too many church scenes and movies. Yeah. Where did the church scenes that ever moving out? I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like everybody coming to the office like that whole, you know, Father, can you hear me? Or, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> that color was purple. Color purple. Lord, the girl came back home. A- ever since that scene, <laughs> I'm pretty sure like every movie the Fantasia has... scene? No, color purple. Well, that, no, you talking about Tyler Perry. That was Tyler Perry. Color purple. The color purple is like from the 80s. You know, I Ever since then, every movie has a I've never watched the color purple. You should watch a it. damn, I like, I'm, I'm just, just going to say that I never watched that movie before. Who so I don't know anything. Home? I just like Who the fat chick saying she was holding her stomach and she was singing down the middle aisle. You know, that's all I look at. Fantasia? Yes. Fantasia's not in the title. She's in a movie? What's that movie she in when she was... Wasn't that color purple? Yeah, yes, that's, that's every movie. It's like I think I'm gonna watch it tonight. That's, that's all of our lives. Speak well, everybody. All the people's kids. Like that Harper. What is that Harper? What is that? Harper, 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 Harper. It shows. It shows how how the part when he's about to get cut. Actually, I don't watch the movie. I just listen to what people say. Yeah, because the line is so popular. But the truth. Yeah, that movie is it's kind of deep because it talks about actually how black people enslaved black people. Like the movie is really it's not. So maybe I should watch it. Yeah, it's more. It's more than the church scene, but I do agree. I think it's twofold. I think, I think we put up church so much on social media now. People desensitized, and we're the only like religion or, uh, you know, or or way of life that does that so much. I put it like that. Um, so that can that can become desensitizing. Um, I think that. The question, go back to the question. Did you remove the question? 
I think it's become too common in a in an effort to be um really <laughs> in an effort to be um relevant. It's it's too much. It's too much relevant. Oh, that's my bad time. <laughs> um, it's we're too we're too relevant. There's no okay. sacredness um to the office. Everybody's a bishop, everybody's an apostle, everybody's a this, everybody's a that. We're not teaching um, the importance of doctrine, the importance of faith, the importance of the structures and commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> that is not gonna work. I wish y'all could really see what's happening. <laughs> like, we're trying to be so serious and professional. But in all actuality, we really just like to laugh and enjoy ourselves. band together. 
for anything. Because, or whatever it is, ego, you think somebody's going to take your moment, or it looks better when you're the only one on the flyer, or whatever. I don't know what it is. Where it's just so, it's we, we need to be just separate. We're not, we should be out there marching in mm-hmm. D.C. That's true. That's true. For all the rights. Mm-hmm. Not just Christian rights, but for black lives, for all lives, for the Me Too movement, for everything. We should be out there on the front line saying we are believers of Christ and we support what other people support because we we walk in faith. Well, and we want to create change. I wouldn't mind. If I'm going to jail for a good cause to create change, you know, I'm not trying to be funny, but I, see I like will go to jail. I have an attorney. Shout out. Not every weekend, Child, not before Sunday. Lambert and Associates. So you can do announcements. Good morning, absolutely. I will be there. They're not gonna get you out, so you can do announcements. They're not gonna hold you forever <laughs> if you 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 just no, protest. They they be protesting, but you know. But I feel like man, I will say this. I'm sorry, y'all. We're going a little longer than I expected, but I will say this. I believe that radical when people are when people are strategic, they have a strategy uh, strategy. Oh my <laughs> lord, I can't say it. When people have a strategy and being radical, it is effective. Yeah. And the problem with our generation is they're radical, but it's not many strategies. Mm-mm. It's just a whole bunch of radical a lot stuff. Of and yeah, you just knocking oh, over stuff and get mad. Knocking over stuff. Yeah. See what you're doing up with that? Yeah. Ma- MLK, um, Ma- Malcolm X. I'm about to say Michael Jamal Warner. Okay. <laughs> you know, like even though they're 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 only one or two people of a group of people, Somebody those people were the Well, that's true though. There there are no no more Martin Luther King of our day. Uh, I mean, Jamal I, mean I see, but he's older. He's, I don't know if he's, he's not. He's not. He's not millennial generation. He's no, a generation. I don't. I don't even listen to him, and it's no change. I don't really listen to a lot of people, so I. I don't know. I was going to listen to questions either, but I really don't listen to people. But you know, pretty good. You go to your church. I go to mine. No, I was just going to say radical with their strategy. So once I went for the wrong reason, I can go for what's right. I don't know. Going to jail. Yeah, go to jail for what's right. I mean, I'm sorry, y'all. I, I'm not going to jail. <laughs> I'm just going to tell y'all that now. I'm not going to jail. You know, uh, it was right or was wrong or nothing. I'm not going to jail for nothing. You know, I just. I mean, Paul was locked up and Silas. Yeah, and but we uh, read all his books. They made jail. Mean, <laughs> they made jail. Every time they jail. No, their jails are probably worse than our jails nowadays. You think so? I'm still here, deep down in the bottom. No, I'm just saying like the they don't have. We have technology nowadays, and the technology is imputed in our system of, of in, in our jails. What I'm saying is not the same. Our jails now and their jails is different. Now. How different they are, I don't know. But I'm just saying, Paul Salas was in jail, and that was because of the message of Christ. So I'm gonna just let that. That's your testimony. If you don't think you'll go to jail. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what I would do. Can I, I be me? honest? I don't know what I would do. Who would go with me to jail? Yeah. I would go to jail. I'm trying to find one that I actually pray or sing. I, I mean, I, I'll just take you. If I had to go to jail. <laughs> he could really sing us out. You know, he could sing us out. <laughs> if I had to take anybody to jail, we would just be. Somebody with some money and some cloud that can call someone quickly. I mean, 
post clap? Yeah. <laughs> we gotta get out some Right, we have to get out some post clap again. If a cop put me up, I really don't know if I'm gonna behave. I think you should just pass out. And, you know, <laughs> they're gonna take you to the hospital first. You know, I just. You're still behaving. Oh, I'm just going but I do agree with you with having some clap. I fully agree with having some clap. And I got a few people I have a call who have a call to get me up. Between the law. I, I hope that everyone has enjoyed when we talk tonight. Um, with, I haven't had any problems tonight because we're all in one room. Usually I have problems because I'm in another city or state and my guests are in another city or state. Um, so I want to say thank you for everybody who joined in and thank you for my guests. And, Thank you for the person that's hosted us in their home. And uh, we just want to say thank you, you know, for running for screens. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have kept us connected. Your Wi Fi has been the connection um, for the new talk. All four devices. <laughs> all four devices. We have all been on all of them. So I just want to tell you thank you. And, um, can the young preacher change it? No, they cannot believe a team of people can. Uh, to Miss uh, Tavy and Mr. Uh, Kenneth, do you have any last things you want to say to the people before we close out tonight? Uh, you can join us this week for our um, okay. Teachers Kids Summit that is starting on Thursday. So for those of us who have been on or just yeah, hopped on for a few minutes, Mr. Lawrence uh, Teller, join on. on. He's the he's the firstborn yeah. male of the Teller family. Yes. He's the firstborn male. And he's actually a twin as well. Uh, but... Just to, just, just to, before we close out tonight. Somebody say interview Lawrence, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, we joined, he joined us for a few minutes tonight. This is my good brother in the Lord. Um, but I wanted to ask you some of the same questions I asked them, and I'll ask you, I'm going to make it like short, because five minutes. Okay, sure, okay. sure. <laughs> but some of the questions I asked Sammy, and I asked Tavy was going to with, um, for the every time that you, like, wish that you were on a few days. Uh, in the church, you know, about it. Um, I'm gonna answer truthfully, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, for me, it was a lot of pressure because everybody thought that I was going to be the successor and I was going to be the one to take up, you know, my dad's mantle and carry on the legacy next time. Why are you walking outside? Yeah, you know, you <laughs> to get something back here. Because so, he mentioned, because what's funny is he mentioned that. He, he mentioned that too? Yes, he did. Yeah, so everybody thought I was going to be the one and, uh, no, you can have it, man. <laughs> no, you got it. You doing what you doing well, sir. Um, so I'm gonna definitely say, say yes to that. Um, it's a lot of pressure, um, pressure that I wasn't ready for, pressure that I wasn't expecting. Having to uh, mature faster than my peers and think ten years ahead, think towards the future. You know, I'm. I was still thinking about music then, and still thinking about going to school to be a lawyer or architect, or you know, stuff like that. I wasn't thinking about being a pastor in high school. You know, so so most definitely around that time, I wasn't born in this lifetime. I wouldn't be mad, but you know, I most definitely don't regret any of it. And walk and love it. I, I, this is just my my uh, observation. I feel like even even as we were younger, Tavy was stronger in her like who she was. So I'm sure if she became irritated at times, but she was very like, you can go sit over there. <laughs> even at like seventeen, you you can go over there. <laughs> and you can be mad over there, but then I'm still gonna do what I'm gonna do. So my question for you, Lawrence, is then even in you having moments where you wish you wasn't, 
Um, how did it affect your idea of like your relationship with God or your idea of God? Did it ever have a influence on that? Um, I battled that because I'm the type of person that uh, being a musician, um, and I don't want to get too deep on this, but being a musician, like we're kind of like already like spiritual things. We think about a lot how things are lighted differently, and I battled that because. I don't ever not want to please God. I've never said that wrong, but I don't want to not please God. I never want to say, like, be outside of the world or um, God take his spirit away from the anything like that. So it's always a competition. That competition is a battle. Because one minute, I don't want to I don't want to be outside of his world and he takes his hand away from me and I'm not successful in anything. Or anything like that. Yeah, or anything else. That's interesting. I'm not going to give too much in there. Because that's a good conversation <laughs> to have. Because <laughs> I think that everybody kind of is like, you know, we want to please God because we want to be taken off of us. But I think the other part of it is um, uh, God gives us the free will to, to ask him which way we should go as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. I hope they don't decide I'm trying to be contradictory. I'm just being honest. Yo, people that take me out of this conference, somebody just text me and say, Do I get my own homework? Well, I'm going to pause for a minute because you said earlier, and this is when we weren't talking about this, but you went there. It's about you can't get people to come to church unless you put their picture on the screen, unless you put their picture on the flyer. I'm like, well, those are the church people that want to be grand. Well, yeah. we really do a lot of stuff to get people to come to church. And it's the same folk that we're going to see again on Sunday. You know, throughout the week, we have to do so much pushing just to get them to come but that, support. That, if people are, don't you think My main goal is I want to reach those that I see walking up and down the street. And that's what I was about to their, say. Okay. You know, with their pack of cigarettes hanging out their pocket and smelling like weed. Those are the people and, you know, with a beer by the hand, come to church, man. You know what I'm saying? The church is not too, it shouldn't be too Grand, where you know, saying they they don't want to come to church, or you know, some of them just like they scared to walk past church. You know, they can't come in just to use the bathroom. You know, I take it, yo, if you want to use the bathroom, come in. Something might hit you while you go to the bathroom. You know, but we don't. We have protected church so much where they don't do that. And I see why, you know, because all the killing and stuff that's going on. But you know, they say take the church to the street, but when it's time to take the church to the street, the ones that be saying it don't never show up. In, the, in this part of, you know that's going to be everywhere and happen all the time. Everywhere. This part of, especially we have to go. Lawrence, thank you for coming in. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm late, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I had a rehearsal. He had a rehearsal tonight. But we, we appreciate it. So, Lawrence, are you coming to the summit? I just want to know. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be there? I think I'm going to be there Saturday. What if he said no? I'm going to be late for Saturday. Yeah, so. No, guys, I will be there. Expect me to come out. <laughs> you come one thing on average, and what if he said no, um, sibling? You know, if he said no, I, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, they ain't getting paid. No, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay, I'm not, I'm not going I'm to the college. I'm not going 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 to the college. We just kids who are musicians. Maybe I should do a separate one for you and Steven. Yeah. But I need, yeah, you, to both, I need you both to be on time. 
strength. I'll be praying for you guys as well. Um, we don't know what that's going to be like, but you know, we put it in the hand of the Lord that you get to meet all five of us at one time. Yeah, I think we're going to make with that blessing. With that one? I don't know. They can tell you worship it. No, I was just thinking, you know, it takes a whole lot to be vulnerable in order to have other people be made whole. Yes, like, so... Even even tonight, it was a lot for us to share. We didn't share all of our truths because some things may not be proper for this type of setting or it may not even be edifying. I know the word. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this PK Summit is not about us. Right. It's not about us, you know, in particular, or each one of us. It is us making ourselves vulnerable and true and honest so that right. other people will know how to handle what they experience as preachers' kids. We... They have children. We don't want, I don't want my nieces and nephews to not be able to handle some of the stuff that come their way. And that's the same thing that we want to offer to other people who are coming in. Some of them are younger than us. Some of them are older than us. And who aren't handling the preacher's kids-ness of their life very, very well. And some of you aren't preacher's kids. Some of you just need to know 
and have some tools on how to live, how to handle life, how to go through circumstances, how to deal with trials and tribulations. Some of us will never be able to really share our true story. Like, you see us laughing and talking tonight, but there's a whole lot of stuff up here that we were not able to share tonight that we may be able to share. And if it's edifying during the PK conference, but the whole goal is for, for some of you all to be made whole. Some some people are struggling and may not be able to laugh at certain things right now, but for me, I'm laughing. Y'all laughing? No, the mic is good. Like, we were able oh, to right. tell them some things. You're so smart. Tunneling through some things, we were able to laugh. I don't know about the rest of y'all. I'd be laughing. Ha ha ha. I'm what? Laughter, <laughs> <just> <laughs> laughter is contagious. Ha ha ha. Ha. I'm just in a place now where I'm ha, just ha, enjoying ha, the journey. What's the other? I ain't gonna tell them about that. That's good. <laughs> you take stuff as you come along. You should know. You
Amen. 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 Amen.